Hello there, my name is Sabrina. Welcome to the Homeschooling Journey podcast. Are you a homeschooling mama? Either a first timer, or maybe you've already been at it for years. Maybe you're just thinking about it. I want to encourage you on this journey. Tune in every week to learn hard-won wisdom, practical advice, and tips from other homeschooling moms. You can do this. Welcome back to the Homeschooling Journey podcast. Today I'm going to have a conversation with my daughter Rose, homeschooling mom of five little ones, and we're going to talk about a subject that's beyond homeschooling academics, and that is hands-on life skills, or what used to be called home economics. And Rose is very passionate about making this a big part of her kids' education. I think you'll really enjoy our conversation. Hi, Rose. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I should say welcome back, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, good to be back. Today, we're going to be talking about um, what we had originally said was home economics for little ones, but we realized that maybe a lot of people aren't familiar with home economics. It's sort of an old-fashioned term. So we're, we're going to call it more practical life skills. And yeah. we're going to talk about your um, desire to teach your children practical life skills. Mm-hmm. So why don't we just start out with you introducing yourself and your kids and their ages. All right. Um, well, my name is Rose. I was homeschooled myself, of course, from fifth grade up through high school. Um, I have five kids. My oldest is eight and going into third grade. My next one is six and going into second grade. And then I have um, a five-year-old who's going to be starting kindergarten in a couple months. So we're going to go from two to three students uh, in our homeschooling. And then my little ones are an almost three-year-old girl and a nine-month-old boy. Okay. Hands full. Yeah. <laughs> Heart, hearts full too. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's great. So Rose, you had told me that you really wanted to incorporate more hands-on life skills into your homeschooling. Yes. And what? Tell me a little bit about what that, you know, how that arose. Well, um, you know, it's kind of funny. I One of the first things, this is probably at the beginning of last school year, my daughter had a little writing prompt for English. This is my now eight-year-old. And the writing prompt was something like uh, three skills I need to learn in order to be a better blank. Uh, and so what she, uh, you know, we talked about what, what do you want to write about and what she wanted to talk about. She was very sure. She said, I want to write about the three skills I would need to be a better cook. Uh, and so I'll just read it. This is a very short little paragraph she wrote. But uh, she, this was her, her little paragraph about what she wanted to learn. She says, there are three skills I would need to learn to cook. These skills are kneading and forming loaves of bread, safely doing hot things, and following a recipe. <laughs> oh. The first skill I need to learn is bread baking. We like bread, so we make a lot of it. Another skill I should learn is using the stove and oven safely. A lot of our meals are cooked using these things. One more thing I should learn is to follow a recipe. 
There's no point in learning all the other skills if you don't know how to follow a recipe. I already helped my mommy cook, but I want to learn more skills to be a better cook. So that was her paragraph. Oh, what a fabulous (laughs) little paragraph. That was great. (laughs) Very good practical. I decided, of course, I wanted to follow up with her and teach her some of those things. Uh, So over the last year, we've kind of incorporated some of um, some of these skills cooking but then also other things which I can go into Uh, so we've really made that a little bit uh, more um, I've tried to be a little more intentional with those things with those with those skills because I mean she literally was asking me to learn those skills so um, I started kind of searching for some age-appropriate resources for you know helping kids learn like in in her specific case like how to handle a knife safely, how to turn on a gas stove safely, turn on and off a gas stove. Um, and, and then that kind of blossomed into other areas for, you know, her, but also for my other kids. And so over the last year, I'd say they've gotten a lot more involved with doing things around the house um, with, you know, what, what we maybe used to consider home ec years ago. <laughs> and, you know, the goal obviously is that eventually they will need to learn. They'll need to know a lot of these skills to get by in life. So of course that's a goal as a parent and as a homeschooling parent to just help them kind of help that independence blossom and help make them competent and confident in those, all those hands-on skills. Right. Right. So, so cooking that, that one, they probably think is fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of course they think that one's fun. Yeah. And, and I mean, even the two-year-old, you know, of course she loves cooking. She, um, you know, is kind of at the age where she does a lot of stirring and maybe dumping flour into a pan, into a a bowl and things like that. But yeah, it's something that everybody can be involved with. Not the nine month old, I guess at this point, but (laughs) everybody else. Um, and yeah, they just love it. They love doing things. I think that I think maybe, you know, part of it, part of her thought that maybe I wouldn't let her do some of those things like, um, like turn on a gas stove, (laughs) but you know, we really, we've done a lot of, um, talking about the safety of it and practicing and, and so I think they feel very grown up and they love that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And you also told me that you kind of find ways to incorporate math <laughs> and some <laughs> other school things along with the, the uh, home ec. Right. Yeah. So yeah, cooking is just so perfect for math. And actually, the, my eight-year-old is my kid who really struggles with math. So this has really been great for her with, um, you know, with helping with fractions. Because like, for example, you know, math, Fractions are are confusing because one third is smaller than one half, even though, you know, three is bigger than two, but one third is smaller than one half and fractions can get complicated. But with cooking, you know, it's written right there on the on the measuring uh, cups. And so that's really helped solidify in her mind. She knows what's a third of a cup and what's a half a cup. So. uh, So, yeah, math is really terrific for fractions, for counting even like for multiplying, you know, if you have a recipe and you're uh, doubling it or dividing it in half, uh, math is, yeah, just really, really cooking is beautifully conducive to math. Right. Uh-huh. And then, you know, like part of our um, 
kind of our hands-on skills that we've been doing a ton of, you know, this spring and summer so far as gardening. And of course that's just perfect for science. Yeah. You know, we, the kids learn a huge amount of science by being outside and, and doing, helping with the gardening chores, um, with the watering, the planting, the harvesting, all that sort of stuff. Perfect for science. So, so yeah, we do uh, try to incorporate some of those academic things, you know, the math and science and things like that into the, uh, into the, the skills. Yeah. And can you talk about, uh, the, the, the cups and the spoons and because fractions is a hard concept for the littler ones, you have a different system on the cups and spoons. Yeah. So yeah, this was another uh, tip, great tip that I found online for kids. So like my, my eight-year-old and kind of my six-year-old are starting to grasp some fractions, but for the younger ones, you know, six, five and down, um, for measuring cups and measuring spoons, a tip that I found was to use, um, use the terms dad, mom, kid, and baby. So like the biggest, you know, the cup, the one cup measuring cup is the dad. And then you go down to the quarter cup is the baby with right. the mom and kid in between. And the same can be used for uh, tablespoon, teaspoon, half teaspoon, and quarter teaspoon, uh, dad down on the baby. And so instead of saying, you know, dump a third of a cup of flour into the bowl, you could say dump a kid-sized cup of flour into the bowl. Right. So, um, so yeah, I've used that with my six-year-old to help him kind of grasp, you know, the sizes. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that's great for, for a pre-fraction age child. That was a great tip. That really helped a lot. Yeah. So I just have to ask you, because cooking can become a real mess. Uh, yeah. How do you <laughs> deal with the frustration of the messes? And you've sent me a couple photos of <laughs> big messes in the kitchen. Right. <laughs> and, and for me, there was always kind of a temptation to do it myself rather than to have the kids mm -hmm. do it because there was always such a mess. So tell me about how you deal with that. Yeah. Um, Probably the, I mean, the, the biggest thing for me is just my attitude, making a little switch. Um, it, the, the purpose, the goal is not to get things done when, you know, when you're training, when you're kind of training these skills, the goal is not to, to accomplish the thing because that does not go. If your goal is to get it done quickly, that's completely going to backfire. Um, so I try to only let them do these things when we have plenty of time, mm. <laughs> um, so actually the summer is so perfect. Like I'm glad we're recording this in the summer because it's just the perfect time. We don't have, you know, we have five, six hours of our day, maybe or four hours that we would be doing academic work. So I've tried to do some of our, you know, move some of our meal prep to the mornings. Um, so like maybe say we're going to do cornbread, you know, if we're going to cook cornbread for dinner, I might just have them measure out all the dry ingredients and have that ready to go in a bowl. So we could do that kind of thing in the morning. And that way we have time to do the thing and clean up the mess that it will create because it will create a mess, but we have time to do that. And then in the evening, you know, when it's kind of dinner rush time and everybody's more cranky and rushed and hot, then uh, all we have to do is maybe maybe the kids, but maybe just me, you know, all I have to do is put the wet ingredients in and put it in the oven. 
Um, so I kind of move whenever I can. I try to move some of that time consuming stuff to the morning, which will um, which is where we have some time, you know, and we're not like up against the dinner clock and up against right. bedtime. And, right. Uh, and then the other thing is just since I, you know, if I can put myself in a frame of mind to expect the mess, then I don't really mind it that much. It reminds me of like when I, when I'm potty training, because <laughs> I've potty trained four kids now. And uh, when I'm potty training, I just have a mop wet and ready to go. And I just expect there's going to be peepee accidents and, uh-huh. and it doesn't bother me. Uh-huh. Like if, you know, if I expect them to do it right, then I'm going to be disappointed you know, with potty training, or if I expect them to make a recipe and not make a mess, then of course it's going to be a disappointment and it's going to be frustrating. But if I, if I anticipate the mess and kind of build in that time for it, then it doesn't bother me so much. So then when you come downstairs and there's sour cream all over the kitchen floor, (laughs) do you have to like bite your tongue or (laughs) just... Or just yeah, <laughs> pretty much, because I want to keep it fun and enjoyable for them, and I want to I want them to help in the future. You know, keep keep so like the sour cream mess. You know, my four year old or or maybe she was five by then was helping clear the dinner table, and she I forget if she dropped the sour cream spoon, but it was one of those things where it was just sour cream splattered everywhere. You know, just on the cabinets and. So, yeah, I, I didn't want to, you know, be upset with her because she was trying to help. But, yeah, it's it's definitely a frustration sometimes. And sometimes I definitely have to bite my tongue. <laughs> right. Right. I like what you said about um, that you have to have the frame of mind that it's not the quickest way to get it done because it yeah. certainly is not. And that's that was always my temptation. Like, let's just get mm-hmm. it done. We got to hurry. We got to hurry and get it done. You really got to slow down. Right. And I also, I will often tell my kids, oh no, we don't have time for you to do it. I'm going to do it this time. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel at all bad about that when I do that because, you know, they know that there are going to be opportunities for them to do these skills. And if we don't have the time, we don't have the time. And and they probably know from experience now that if I do try to let them do it, it's going to backfire and we're all going to be upset. Right. So, so yeah, now I don't feel, I used to feel guilty telling them, oh no, sorry, I can't, we, we don't have time to do it. But, but now I, I don't feel guilty about that anymore. And I feel like if, if I don't have the time to be patient with them and do it, then it's not going to go well. So let's just, you know, let's, uh, I'll make sure to give them time another day to do it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So they all like cooking. What about some mm-hmm. of the other life skills, like cleaning? Yeah, cleaning is funny. They, uh, my kids like anything cleaning related as long as it's not too routine. So um, like, you know, when about a year ago, I decided I wanted them to, uh, to use a little whisk broom on the dining room table every night and wipe it down with a wet cloth. And for several months, that was really fun. And they would like, argue about who got to be the whisker and who got to be the wiper and but then you know pretty quickly it became the routine and so now it's the expectation that they do that and now they'll grumble about it like normal kids but um so yeah anything that is cleaning related they enjoy at least in the short term my the they also um 
again, kind of like the cooking. I think they enjoy those things that they might otherwise think I wouldn't let them do, like cleaning mm. toilets. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> cleaning toilets is a favorite chore around here. Really? The ones. Wow. Yeah, the five and two-year-old will will fight over who gets to clean the potties <laughs> because uh you know they get to squirt something in the toilet and they get to swish it around and they they think that's great they think it's really exciting for some reason uh-huh. <laughs> so so I let them do it I mean you know they'll wash their pans after and so I do let them do it I'll I'll give we have three bathrooms so I'll assign three different kids to do potties and they love that. That's still a big thrill. Yeah, it really is. Wow. Funny. So, so yeah, the cleaning stuff, if they can like either touch something really dirty, like a toilet or maybe use a tool, you know, that, um, like a, a special, you know, a microfiber cleaning cloth that maybe they want to use the blue cloth or a spray bottle, you know, they love spraying things and wiping. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'll, if they can use a tool or, or do something kind of grown up seeming, I guess they like that kind of thing. You mentioned that they did like to do things that I think are very tedious, like get the dust behind the couch or under the couch. Mm-hmm. They like moving the couch, moving the furniture. Um, they usually find things that have been lost back there. So that's uh-huh. always exciting. Right. Uh, they like vacuuming between couch cushions uh, yeah, any, almost anything. I think part of it is that it's, um, you know, they like these novelty, like they like spring cleaning, like things like cleaning the coffee maker that we don't do every day or yeah, getting behind the couch, um, taking a wet rag and wiping down a wall, say in the bathroom or in the kitchen. Some of these things that aren't everyday, you know, you know, the everyday cleaning things are kind of like dusting, um, sweeping vacuuming they're not as excited about those things but anything that's a little bit more of like a deep clean or spring cleaning they really enjoy because it's just not you know it's part of something different it's not part of the routine and rose after they do a special chore like clean the toilet or clean Mm -hmm. behind the couch do you go back and like read or do you just say good enough what they've done is fine uh, I go both ways on that. That's a good question. Uh, with things that are, you know, like, yeah, like cleaning the toilet, I don't usually go behind. I don't want them to see me go behind every now and then I might, or, you know, with the two-year-old, what I'll do is I'll basically do it and then let her do a little scrubbing too. Oh, okay. so I'll, I'll pretty much do it myself. I don't really want them to see me come behind them and redo the work that they did. Um, Sometimes like, you know, with wiping down the kitchen table, I might say, oh, you know, I see a greasy spot that looks like you missed. So Uh I might point out something and have them do it, do it over. Okay. But that's more like with the older ones, with, with the little ones. Yeah. Not so much. Um, So yeah, I, I try not to come back behind them and do the work for them. I will only sometimes, you know, give them a little heads up like, oh, you missed the spot. Uh, But I, I want them to, to have the response. I, I don't want them to expect me to come behind them and, and do it myself because that right. defeats the whole purpose. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. What about sewing? Uh, sewing my, 
eight-year-old loves sewing. She got a little sewing kit for her birthday. Um, has all sorts of different crafty kind of sewing things. But it, along the way, it's teaching skills. So, you know, like she might make a cute craft, but it's for the purpose of learning how to sew on buttons. Um, so it, it's, I found this little kit at uh, Rainbow Resource where I get a lot of my homeschool curriculum. And I think it's called Learn to Sew. Um, so it's just a box filled with all these cute, fun little crafts, but it teaches real life skills like sewing on a button. Um, and actually one, one thing was so amazing um, that really helped me kind of think that this is all worth it. <laughs> My two-year-old had a, um, a sweater that a little bow had fallen off of, and it didn't really, you know, you, you couldn't really notice all that much that this little bow had fallen off. It wasn't that obvious. And I honestly, I probably would have just never really gotten around amending it because right. it wasn't a big deal. And, um, and so one day my eight-year-old said, I'd like to fix Lucy's sweater. And so I said, okay, well, yeah, that's fine. If you want to do it, go ahead and you know, maybe get your, th pick a color of thread. And, and then I think I, um, I went to go put the baby down for a nap or something. And I came back like 10 minutes later and I said, oh, okay, so do you want to, you still want to do this little project? Then she said, oh, it's done. I, I sewed the bow on here. It's fixed. And it was perfect. Uh -huh. Oh. It was just absolutely perfect. And she had, um, she had sewed it on and it was, and you know, the two-year-old was thrilled because she got her favorite sweater looking pretty again. And, oh. and my eight-year-old was so, you know, feeling so accomplished that right. she had done this. I was, I was blown away. I had no idea that she would be able to do it. For, you know, she cut the thread, she did it, she tied off the thread, cut it again and, and it was done. Wonderful. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good success story. Do you have any downright yes. flop stories? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's been lots and lots of messes. <laughs> um, you know, not really a flop, but I mean, I there have been a few times definitely where they've wanted to learn a skill and we've tried it and it just hasn't worked. So like, uh, you know, my daughter, back to the, the little paragraph that she wrote, she wanted to learn how to put things in the oven take put things in and take things out of the oven so I told her okay well let's let's kind of practice you know with the oven turned off obviously and um and then it, you know she took a pan and she and she started trying to put it in and we realized that her arms are too short to put something into the oven oh. <laughs> so I told her oh we'll have to uh you know maybe in a year we'll try that again and see how it's going uh -huh. so there have definitely been a few times where I think you know, some, the older kids have been a little disappointed that they, they wanted to do something and I seemed agreeable to it. And then it just turned out that they physically could not do it mm -hmm. like that. Or like kneading bread. That was another one. She, she just, she and my six-year-old, they would like to knead the bread. And we discovered quickly that they just don't have the, the hand strength and arm strength to do that. Right. Um, it's a kind of a labor intensive work. So, uh, yeah, so I, those have been kind of our, you know, not really flops, but definitely something, things that haven't worked out and then um, that are going to need to be put off. Uh-huh. Any other funny and stories? So many messes. <laughs> 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 um, you know, there was another time, another, a mess. 
I was out of the room doing something, probably again, you know, putting the baby in a nap. Cause that's usually when I, sometimes I'll disappear for 15 or 20 minutes, you know, take care of the baby and the kids are doing whatever they're doing. But I came out one time and uh, my daughter said, Oh, he made a big mess. You know, my six-year-old, Oh, he made a big mess. And, and he was looking kind of guilty. And he said, don't go in the laundry room. Uh oh. And, <laughs> And uh, it turns out, I think as a surprise to me, he had, we have uh, we have a big bin of flour in the laundry room because we do bake a lot of bread. And so I have you know 50 gallon bags of flour. And so I guess as a surprise to me, he was going to um, put the flour in a smaller container, which I use in the kitchen for just quick, small amounts of flour. And so he was filling it up and he must have made a big mess and you know, my oldest thought she was like tattling on him. Oh, he made a big mess. And, and, but I went in, so I, I told him, okay, well, I'm not going to go in the laundry room. That's fine. I'll, and about five minutes later, he, he came out and said, you can go in now. Oh, and it was totally, I couldn't tell. There wasn't a speck of flour out of place. Oh, so he had gone in and had cleaned up the whole thing. And, you know, and um, so, yeah, sometimes I, I learned from that, you know, sometimes you need to give them space to clean up too. And, you know, sometimes it's better if I'm not in the room, maybe watching them make the mess as long right. as they clean it up. Totally. It's a good, good learning experience for them. Right. Totally better to, to uh, not go when they say you don't want to. Go. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Unless it's a danger. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and then just, you know, you mentioned gardening just slightly mm -hmm. early on, but uh, I know you said that the kids like to water and pick in the garden. Oh, yeah. Yes, definitely. The, um, yeah. Watering is kind of tricky. I'm still learning watering. It seems like it's easy to either overwater or underwater, and it's hard to tell the difference of when you're doing which one. And so, yeah, watering, I'm trying to learn along with them. Uh, trying to teach them that as I learn it and then harvesting is just the most fun uh, we just recently harvested potatoes which is like a treasure hunt you know harv picking potatoes out of the dirt they love that we just finally are starting to get our first ripe little tomatoes and I know from last year that um, they used to fight the first few weeks they fought over who got to pick the tomato of the day and uh, and then within a few weeks, you know, I'd be asking somebody to go out and pick tomatoes and they would say, Oh, I did it yesterday. Can uh -huh. someone so do it today? Uh-huh. But they do generally like the harvesting part. Of course that's yep. the most fun seeing kind of seems the like a recurrent theme is that you gotta keep it seeming like the different chores, not chores, but you know, the mm -hmm. different activities are fun and new and not routine. Right. Although it's good. I mean, they need to also learn the lesson that routine is just what you do. And it's part and of I, life. Yeah, it's part of life. I, you know, some, whenever my kids say, oh, I don't feel like, you know, whatever. I don't feel like doing anything, math or whatever. I tell them, I often don't feel like doing, you know, I, I don't always feel like cooking dinner either, but do I just not do it? Right. No, because <laughs> it needs to be done. So sometimes there's just things you need to do in life and even if you don't enjoy them, you just do them and move on. Right. That's an important lesson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any advice you'd want to give to other moms, Rose, in closing? Um, you know, yeah, my, I think we've already kind of covered um, my, my number one advice probably would be, you know, as the mom do things when you are in the right frame of mind to do them. 
<laughs> and don't feel bad if now is not a good time. You know, uh, especially I think, um, you know, find a time of day or time of year, or maybe just make it a summer thing even, you know, find either a time of day or a time of year when you can incorporate some of these skills and make sure that you have the space to do so. Facing um, your even. schedule. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So summer is, is a good time to spend extra Right. Um, you know, on these life skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe make a, you know, make a list of a couple little things you want to do over the summer and get to the point where they're, you know, where your kids are, are competent at them and, you know, and can do them with minimum supervision. And then that'll make maybe next year's school year a little easier. Right. Great, Rose. Well, this has been really good. Thank you so much. Yeah, sure. Have a Fantastic. great rest of your day. Thanks. You too. Bye.